scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And welcome to another episode of Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. Bob can't be with us tonight, Philip. I don't know what it is he had to do. Probably fucking something on the road. I mean, I'd say he was taking a shower, but it's not Saturday. <laughs> probably probably, probably getting it on with a lot, Lizard. Oh, a lot, Lizard. Well, I don't know. There'd be some squished up lot lizards around if they were. We're going to make fun of Bob right behind his back. Oh, wow. He's never going to hear it. Yeah, right. This would be the one time to get here. Oh, they're getting a call. Harry Marino, what are you saying about me on the air? Oh, we can make fun of, of, of his radio voice. Oh, this is Bob Ray. Open shutters, a creepy podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this thing when he was working at a restaurant they hates now. Up and down, up and Adams, whatever the address is on for now. <laughs> I don't know the address. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> oh Lord. Poor Bob. We 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 love you, Bob. We only we only messing with you. Yeah. We know. Trust me, there'll be more. There'll be there'll be more making fun of and all throughout the episode. Anyway, Philippa, we are on uh, television. Um, you know what I watched? Oh, I did What's that the- thing. That's my my. I noticed that when I listened on television. Uh, we were watching. Well, we watched the next episode of Fatal Attraction. Lizzie Kaplan is absolutely fabulous in this show. Uh she is. Uh, I hope that Glenn Close is proud. But, Probably so. And then Glenn Close seems like the lot, kind of lady that she's not vindictive and jealous. I think she probably loves the fact that they got such a good actress for her, you know, to um, to follow her into this role. And they're doing some things with this. And, well, for one thing, they still got Alex. Alex still does some evil things. But... They are exploring her mental illness more. And she is definitely, and I, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to give anybody a spoilers, but there are things that she does that uh, she is definitely borderline. Uh, she All the traits, I mean, she's full frontal borderline personality disorder. She's not just a few traits here and there. She's full frontal. <laughs> and you've been watching this too. Curtis and I have been watching Beef. Oh, yeah. I have finished season one, yes. You finished it? I haven't seen it. I think uh, we got like two more episodes left or so. But um, it's crazy, isn't it? The guy that's in it, you know who he is, huh? You never watched Walking Dead? Yeah, I watched Walking Dead. That was Glenn from yeah. Walking Dead. Yeah. It's a different kind of role when you see him because he was like so responsible and he was in love with Maggie and he was so resourceful. And you know what? I can't place though, but I feel it's familiar. The lady that's the investor for um, the business. The, the oh, rich, oh, Maria rich. Bello? Who is that? Maria is that Bello. 
What is she from? Why do I know her? She's been in a lot of different things. She did a, the American version of that Helen Mirren show, Prime Suspect, but it only lasted one season. She's been in something else, though. There's something else I know her from. I'd have to look it up. Now, I've also been watching someone somewhere. Have you seen that yet? Oh, no, no, no. But I saw the, the, the I saw misfit people on Max. Yeah. The guy, yeah, the guy, yeah, Max, yeah, HBO Max is now Max. And I'm really kind of loving officially it. Today, and yeah. I actually saw my very first Max original today. It was a documentary, a true crime documentary. I'm not going to say too much. You know why? Well, they now, well, if you didn't realize, they've changed over anything that was an HBO Max original. Is no, this, now this, is, this is new. This just dropped today. Well, I know, I know that, but what I'm saying is they've changed on the thing. Anything that was an HBO Max original is now just called Max Original. Now, Some of them. H, now an HBO original, if something says HBO original on the Max app, that means it was on the television station HBO. Yeah, and that's what this one, Some, someone somewhere, I think it's called. Um yeah, and that one, that yeah, that one is. And HBO you know, original. the lead guy in it, he's very, he's very, very. Um, I hate to say odd looking. He's different. He's got a different look, a very unique look. But you know who he is? He played Mister Whiteley, the serial killer on American oh, yeah. Horror Story. Uh, what was it? New York City. Yeah, New and York City. he was so creepy in that. But if you see him in this and then you see him as himself being interviewed, he's funny and he's charming and he's just he he's upbeat. He's always smiling. He's not that, you know, that, that Mr. Whiteley character was pretty well, I'm negative. Glad, yeah, I'm kind of glad he got the chance to do something comical. I kind of need to watch it because that means that means at least he'll have he won't be pinned in one corner, you know? Yeah. No, if you watch this, you're going to like him. In some ways, his character reminds me of you because he's real positive and everything like, like you usually. Oh, I'm positive. <laughs> yeah, you're funny. I guess. You got a good sense of humor and you're not. <laughs> oh, doom and gloom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. Oh, I'm going to kill you because I'm nuts and I look weird. <laughs> like, like Mr. Whiteley. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but uh yeah and then another one i've been watching um is the uh the other two have you seen that yet no okay it was molly shannon's in it and um there's a, a bunch of actors i have never i had never really seen before and uh ken marino and molly Sh shannon are the only ones actors that i know and the first season is about this 13-year-old boy that does a YouTube video and becomes a pop sensation like Justin Bieber. Oh, goodness. And the other two are his older brother and his older sister, and they're total fuck-ups. And the mother, played by Molly Shannon, is just absolutely certifiably insane. And the whole world looks nuts, according to this show. Like the so, you know, it, it handles the social media and the influencers and all that kind of nonsense, which I do think is nonsense sometimes. Even though we kind of considered social media influences ourselves, you know that, huh? Because we're podcasters. I guess so. Yeah. Well, podcast is social media, even though you know it's not. I guess not technically, but yeah. But I mean, like anybody can have a podcast. True. You know, so it's not like in the old days where you have to, 
you know, become like some kind of pseudo celebrity in order to have a talk show. Anybody with a laptop or a smartphone could be a podcaster. But, you know, it's just with podcasts, you got to weed out the good ones (laughs) like us (laughs) and like Ash and Elena. But anyway, uh, it's the, the first season. This is all about this. This kid has this this uh this he just becomes this pop singer sensation and he's got the managers and everything and he's going to these parties and he's 13 years old and they want him to try to, to endorse wine and things like that. So you might like it. It's actually pretty funny and it makes fun of the times we're living in. So what have you been watching? Uh not a whole lot except for um one movie that we had to actually uh i don't really buy movies that often but i uh, had to buy this one um because i didn't get to go see the theater there's doesn't seem like any of the streaming services are going to carry it anytime soon uh but it was uh the magic flute actually uh magic. it was a european made movie a lot of british actors actually and other european actors in there and the whole premise of the movie is that this young British boy actually uh, goes to, I don't want to give too much away. He goes to this um, academy, uh, Mozart Academy oh, in well, Austria. I thought you were going to say Hogwarts. I was going to go, wait, we, that's well, been it has a little. It kind of has that kind of feel to it, sort of. But um, but no, he um, gets the he gets the invitation to go there, you know, because he's you know, he's excelled enough in music and things yeah. like that. But he, um, there's there's this thing. There's this clock and there's this magical stuff and and, and there's you know and he ends up actually. I don't want to give too much away, but he ends up going into this other world, which is other world. He ends up in the actual opera, the magic flute, the world of the magic flute, the Mozart opera. I think what's really nice about this is it was really well done, but it's trying to get um, children and young people interested in opera in a very interesting way. Uh, and they had some really um, important actors. Actually, the the um, the head uh, master is actually played by F. Murray Abraham. Oh, you know, from uh, yeah, um, Armadeus was it? Yeah. Yeah. And then recently he was in the White Lotus. You like know, I saw his one of his really early movies was The Ritz. We watched it with um with Lance. It was about this band that's hiding out from gangsters. So he goes, hides out in the gay bathhouse. And F. Murray Abraham plays this screaming Jewish queen. Oh, I mean, and then there was the chubby it was Jack Weston who's kind of heavy. And they call, and the chubby chaser is going after him. And he, the chubby chaser would carry, would carry candy, take candy with him to the bathhouse, and he'd give out candy to all the fat guys. Oh, goodness. And then the, there was a singer in the bathhouse, played by Rita Marino. It was a takeoff on Bette Midler when she was working in the bathhouse. And she's very, very temperamental, hot, uh, Hot uh, Spanish woman <laughs> with a really bad mouth. <laughs> it's an old movie from 1976, and it wasn't a big hit back then. But I don't see—I could see it becoming a cult classic now because it was kind of ahead of its time. 
and that was one of the first thing I ever saw. That was one of the, F. Murray Abraham's like first big movies that he was that he had a big part in. He plays a queen in the towel in the bathhouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my tangent's over. You can go ahead and speak now. <laughs> oh, I was gonna, I was going to say. Uh, so the so the young man that's the lead in there is played by this actor, young actor Jack Wolf. He does an excellent job. Um, but what was interesting was is the person who played Papageno was Ewan Rion. Which, if you know, is the guy who played Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones. So it was good to see that he actually got to play a more lighthearted, fun, playful role. You and know? the guy on um, one of the guys from Game of Thrones, he played. Um, you know the one that wound up getting kidnapped and having his penis cut off and everything. They called him Reek in Game of Thrones. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, well, that well, this is the guy that cut off the This is the actor that. Well, the other guy cut off the piece. is yeah. the is a villain in the first John Wick movie. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of funny they both did the getting to do the reverse of what they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's cute. That's cute. Yeah, I you know I've been um I revisited it because it's on um. It's on uh, Amazon Prime now. Is uh, the Avengers not the that the Marvel Avengers? This was the old British series from the '60s with Patrick McNee and oh. Diana Rigg. And oh, back wow. in the '60s, Diana Rigg was this sexy, hot woman, and they play this pair that get involved. They, they're like a crime fighting pair, and Diana Rigg is very. <sighs> Oh, back then she was badass. The character she plays, Mrs. Peel, Emma Peel. Oh, yeah. Watching those, and it holds up pretty well. I mean, some of it's kind of silly, but it holds up pretty well. And you realize that Diane, without Mrs. Peel, it wouldn't have been a Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Charlie's Angels or any of those badass female um, True. crime fighters. And even Catwoman, you know? Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, there was this like hot woman beating the fuck out of these guys, these bad guys. And then when you'd see her, she never had a, I mean, she was with one little piece of hair would go in her face and she'd just flit it back. And her <laughs> hair was back flawless again. Her oh, long red, her long uh, reddish brown hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, I really don't have much else that I was watching, though. Like seriously, like I've been watching things, but it's only like catching up on regular shows. And we went, to, we went to the movies, and we um, let me see where this. Did see anything at the movie? Yeah, we just saw at the movies. Yeah, we saw. Uh, well, we've been. I think I mentioned last week that we saw some. Uh, I'm. A, I got to look at the uh, AMC theaters app to see what we saw because I forget it as soon. Ah, <laughs> oh, don't get old. <laughs> Oh yeah, what we saw was the Knights of the Zodiac, and the week before them we saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I think we mentioned I mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy and Evil Dead Rise, but we saw Knights of the Zodiac, which was a little bit better than I expected. Let's see, um, it was uh, it was one of those uh, like uh, oh oh wooden sorcery things, huh? You reminded me what I watched. On Paramount right now, they got, I think it's Paramount, they got the Dungeon Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I got to finally watch it. 
Oh, we saw that at the movies a few weeks ago. I know ago. you all saw this movie, but I finally got to watch it on Paramount. Yeah. And it was kind of cute. It was cute. Well, Shazam is on Max now as of today. What happened? Shazam is on Max as of today. Yes, that, movie, yeah. that one was kind of cute. Yeah, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's the thing we went to see at the movie. The last thing we went to see at the movies, The Knights of the Zodiac. And yeah. it, it was, you know, it was, it was, um, it's actually an Asian film and it has a, a this asian american actor that was the the lead and uh who was it was uh i think it was an american actress that was the female lead cool. i miss going to movies with y'all i know it, it, that that used to be so much fun now <laughs> you remember you used to you got oh yeah famke jensen is a like the female lead she's like and sean bean Ned Stark from Game oh, of yeah. Thrones. I remember when during the pandemic, when a lot of times we had the whole auditorium to ourselves, and you got into that habit of talking back to the movie, you know, like you do at yeah. home. You were doing it in the theater, and one day you were doing it, and I said, Philip, there's people right behind you. And you went, There are? And you look back, you're like, oh, my God. And you look at the people and just, I'm sorry. And said, oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that was before we started. I think that was before we had the podcast. And I think it was at, at that moment, because I had been thinking about doing the podcast when I was let, start listening to him. And it was that moment when I heard you. I said, that's my podcast co-host. Oh, shit. <laughs> that is the one. And you, they only consistent one you're the only uh you and i are the only ones that have been with the podcast from the very beginning and i don't think the only show i think the only episode you missed was the uh one when john palmer was on was katie palmer speaking of such there's been some new development in that 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 da is finally they have a, a a candidate that looks like a strong candidate they say that's gonna oppose him the, the the DA that won't do anything about 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 Katie's death about this, and um, I just wanted to mention that on here now. We don't know who he is. He's going to make the announcement in a couple of days, probably on next week's show. We'll be able to make the announcement, and we don't usually take a political stand, but in this case, I am going to endorse whoever opposes that DA. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, talk to John, you know, just kind of, uh, well, just uh, lightly chat it with him. And when there's further developments, he's going to come back on. I mean, that goes even beyond just political. That's just what is justifiably right. Justice. The- justice. It's justice. all about justice. Yes, exactly. And like, you know, and um, and that this isn't the reason why I want John Palmer to come back on. But I'm going to mention this anyway. John, don't take this the wrong way. He is like an analytics dream. When I had him on, our analytics jumped. And then when I repeated this episode, they jumped again. And that's a good reason. I mean, that, that's not the that's not the real reason to have him on. That's not, the best reason to have him on is so that we can get justice for this lady. But yeah. I don't want anybody to think I'm saying I want this being on for ratings. You know, I'm not Nancy Grace. Yeah, <laughs> but you are Blanche. You are no joke. Oh, speaking of such, she took an interest in this case too. So that's, I mean, like I say, everybody knows that she's not my favorite person, but I'm glad that she took an interest in this because she has a she has a, the ears of a lot of people. Yeah, that will be able to help. You know? Exactly. 
So, uh, what else do we have? You have any obits? I have one obit. <laughs> Only one. Death is really just like, I'm here. But shouldn't I do, do my book first? Oh, you have a book? Oh, you do have a yes. book review, don't you? Yeah, I finished uh, the second installment of the Jane Hawk series by Dean Koontz called The Silent Corner. And this real, if this doesn't become a Paramount Plus H, uh, HBO Max or Netflix series, there's no justice because it is, it, it would be great. It's perfect. And like I said, I love female badass characters. And Jane Hawk is another one that wouldn't exist without Emma Peel. So uh, this one uh, dives even further into this co conspiracy between government and and um, uh, corporate interest in order to control everyone. Mind control. Ooh. So let's see. I didn't rate the other one, but I am definitely what we do. It, what's the, the top is five shutters or four? Five. I, I'm giving both of them five because oh, they wow. hold my interest. They have great characters. They have, uh, I mean, there's twists that you don't think, things That's you don't, big for especially you. in this one that I just read. There are things that I did not see coming and they hit you with it. And he's like, Koontz is like that, though, in a, in a sense, you know, and just like Stephen King, his characters are ordinary people. Just just, you know, like you and me. that just find themselves in an extraordinary situation. Yo. And I like that. OK, so uh, five shutters for both of them. And I'm on the third one now. And when I finish that one, I will. I will review that. I will report on that. Okay. Uh, there we go. All right. So uh, here we go with our obit. It's uh, one uh, actor, Irish actor named Ray Stevenson. And he started in films The Punisher War Zone, King Arthur, Thor, HBO's Rome. And the upcoming Osaka series, and he died Sunday in Italy. Uh, he was 58 years old. No cause of death is available yet. An Italian media reported that he had been taken to a local hospital while on the island of Ashia. I wonder if it was some kind of food poisoning or something, since he was on an island. He was oh. born on. Uh, he was born in Northern Ireland on May 25th, 1964, and he began his career appearing on TV shows in the 90s and then land in action roles in Hollywood films starting in the 2000s. His first major film role was in 2004's movie King Arthur, where he played Dagonet. How do you say it? Is it Dagonet? One of the Knights of the Round yeah. Table. And in the film, he sacrifices himself to help uh, in battle to help Arthur and his Brotherhood of Warriors. And then in 2008, he played. He was in the Marvel film Punisher Warzone, where he played Frank Castle, Punisher. And um, and then what, what else we have here? Uh, Warzone, and it was um, and he, he followed Thomas Jane, who had uh, played it in the R-rated Punisher, and Warzone was PG-13, but it fizzled at the box office after earning 10.1 million. You can earn oh from a 35 million dollar budget. You can make 10 million dollars and still be a <laughs> so then he was also in Daredevil and the Punisher TV show on Netflix. 
So anyway, uh, in the 2010s, he was in the Book of Eli, G.I. Joe Retaliation, the Three Musketeers, and the Thor franchises. And uh, he appeared in the first three Thor movies before being struck down by Kate Blanchard's villain, Hela, in Thor Ragnarok. 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 I, I, I got to explain to everybody. I was dilated. I, I went to the eye doctor today. And you my and they put drops in. They did the, the the glaucoma test where they have to dilate you. And I'm still dilated. So it is, I'm having a little trouble reading these things. Anyway, um, rest in peace, Ray Stevenson. You are so over it. Fifth dead at 58. And that's that's young to die. You know that? It is young. I, I know you're not 58 yet, but hey, it yeah, comes no, quick. <laughs> so uh, anyway... Um, what time is it, Philip? Oh, you know what time it is. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. Philip is so sublime. It's horoscope time. Hit it, maestro. <laughs> oh, tonight it's getting real naughty. We take oh, it was. I don't know. It was pretty gnarly last week with all the vegetables up people's asses and everything. Yeah, it was pretty. But, but it was take... funny as hell. <laughs> We're taking it. We're taking you. We're taking you way back in in, in the in, in in the boonies and stuff to you Club think, Cryptid. You think Basically, you're gonna be able to top the vegetables? Nah, maybe we'll see. Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> but at Club Cryptid, we got all manner of creatures and cryptids ready to strip tease for you. Maybe give you a lap dance. Maybe a hand job, suck you off. Maybe even more. We'll see. Oh my! Oh my God! Oh Lord! Okay. So we're gonna <laughs> let you know each sign which cryptid is giving you a nice, <laughs> fun time. So we're <laughs> lap dances and blowjobs and everything, and Bob Ray desserts us this week. I know. <laughs> Maybe exactly. that's where he is getting lap dances and and blowjobs from like gnarly little gnomes and stuff. What was it? Oh, gnomes doesn't count as this is cryptid. You know what a cryptid is, right? A crypt is a, is like a grave, isn't cryptid. it? Cryptid. Cryptid. Cryptid is a creature that we. Basically, you've heard of cryptozoology. These are things I heard of cryptocurrency. Some documentation of these creatures out there, possibly, but nobody can fully confirm. Like there's not one actually captured or in captivity at this time. Okay. Okay. So they but these are all creatures that could be out there. Okay. okay. But apparently every sign is getting. A little private show. They're gonna get. They're gonna get a cryptid to be their private dancer. Dancer. A dancer for, for money. Yeah. Do what you want it to do. I'm sure any old. Yeah, I'm sure. Any and old any music. old music will do. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so we'll start out with Aries. Oh, I'm guessing it's gonna be real fun with all these tentacles when you're getting a striptease done by the Kraken. Oh my God! What the Kraken has right up has, out the ocean? Is that like a big octopus? All the business, all wet, tentacles, wet, and it, super wild. You said you you said tentacles. Is it like octopus tentacles? Kraken, the Kraken, and they suck people with the little tentacles, like octopus does. Well, it can do that, and also 
Have you have you seen the Kraken in, in different TV shows and stuff? It's a <sighs> big old looking monstrous like squid octopus. Is the Kraken? Oh, oh God! Just a regular octopus is scary enough. Oh yeah, this is way bigger. Oh God! You ever see them little octopuses on the Chinese buffet? The little octopus salad and the little octopuses in there. I don't eat octopus. I can't. I can't do it. I don't understand. You, you don't like calamari? That I'll eat. I'll eat the calamari only when it's fried, you know. Yeah, because you can't see the little tentacle. Well, sometimes you can. <laughs> but those little octopuses, when you eat them, sometimes they still have ink in them. Yeah. I can't. And you bite eat down one. and there's that, and you I taste People that eat ink. the ones that are still moving. No, these aren't still moving. These are dead, but they're in the salad. No, nope, and they nope. have they they nope. they put the spicy dressing on them. Can't do it. it. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. And you know, there's a delicacy with they eat a live octopus and they swallow it whole. You know a- what? The only way I would eat the octopus is if I had that was like I had to choose between an octopus or a cockroach. I'm eating an octopus. Yeah, or a rat. I mean, the octopus. Yes, that's the only time. They got octopus over the rat too. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is it's some delicacy. I uh, forget. I think it might even be in one of the Asian cuisines, but they eat a, a whole moving, squirming octopus, and they swallow this octopus. Oh, wow. I don't know how they get it down without choking a whole octopus, but you have to swallow it whole. And you have to swallow it a certain way to make sure your stomach acid kills it before it kills you. <laughs> On that note, we didn't take it from sex to death. Okay. This is real. This isn't even a horoscope. This death. is real. I know. You don't take it from sex to death. Well, anyhow, the Kraken probably would be death, too. Yeah. The next one is a little bit more, I don't know about really lighthearted, but could actually be quite fun especially for people out there that you know like a little fur to hang out with yeah like to be warmed up in in the winter time although it's summer so this would seem kind of hot for Taurus, we got sasquatch aka the bigfoot and you know what they say about those that have big feet they got a big dick <laughs> so what is bigfoot going to be doing a, a lap dance who knows whatever you want take you into the champagne you want Bigfoot sitting <laughs> on your lap? At Club Cryptid. And that Maybe, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't I'd rather sit on Bigfoot's lap, but that's just but I'm not Bigfoot. So. Wait, doesn't Bigfoot have like real sharp kind of teeth? No. Okay, because that would rule out a blowjob if he has sharp teeth. They have pretty much they're 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 just an oversized hairy human. Wow. Oh, human okay. Humanoid, let me put it that way. Oh, I think I dated that guy. You don't remember Harry and the Henderson? <laughs> yeah. in the 80s or whatever, Harry and Henderson? You know yeah. That? yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Oh, God, that just reminds me of that damn Sasquatch soap. I always see those ads for the Sasquatch soap. I'm like, are y'all serious? I got, wait, I got, I got one of those soaps. Um, it's not Sasquatch. It's Dr. something. Another it's eucalyptus and all kinds of different things. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. You remember oh, they had these dollars that came out 
And I told Fred one time, I said, I want to get some of those Sasquatch dollars. He says, oh, you mean Sasquatch? Sasquatch? You're going to be canceled for sure now. What is she? Um, with, with Sacagawea. Sacagawea. I cannot believe you. I just... said, no, I thought, Sa- I thought Sasquatch was her name. He goes, no, Sasquatch is Bigfoot. Sacagawea is the la- is the uh, the uh, Native American lady that helped Lewis and Clark yeah. explore. And Saskatchewan is the Canadian <sighs> province. There we go. So that's all our Saskas. Okay, because okay, I, mean, I don't, I'm not going to get canceled for being stupid. You right. Oh. <laughs> Although I don't know, Roseanne Barr did. <laughs> well, as long as you don't say what she said. No, but Roseanne, you know, her thing was mean spirited. It wasn't being mean. It's just I, I got the, the names mixed up. They sounded too much alike. I know. Okay, so so the lesson today was Sasquatch, Sacagawea, and Saskatchewan. No, who's, Saskatch- who's Saskatchewan? That's a Canadian province. Maybe oh. we have some listeners, and you need to know this. There may be some listeners in Saskatchewan. Well, we have them in Canada. I know that. Then we, we even, have some. Remember, we even had a guest host in Canada. Yeah, exactly. Shaughnessy. Exactly. So they, I'm saying we may have some listeners out there in the Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. You know we mean? hear y'all. We're out there. We know y'all are out there, just like just like Bigfoot's out there somewhere. <laughs> Well, next we got Gemini. Gemini. Oh Lord! They oh talk- no, no, they they. I remember they had a bad one last week. They put a whole new meaning to the Turnpike. They're getting the striptease from the Jersey Devil. Ah, oh, that Jersey Devil was on X Files once too. That Jersey yeah. Devil gets around. Got Mulder and Scully going after. Gonna rip them to shreds. <laughs> rip them to shreds. That's uh. Fly right up Tasmanian on devil on uh, Bugs Bunny, kind of based on the Jersey Devil a little bit. Yes. <laughs> he comes in that big old uh, vo- uh, vortex. Ooh, <laughs> yes, <indeed>. Bunny rabbit. <laughs> okay, who's next? You're next. Actually, oh, I'm next. Actually, I think yours is kind of hot. Like, yours would be kind of fun. Uh, oh, like. It would be kind of fun, especially if you're into the furry community. You're getting to get it on with the Rugat Rug. Oh, I'll tell you part two, won't it? Maybe, maybe not. It's the French werewolf. I just want to have a good time with the cancers. So I'm going to have a good time with uh, George Rodriguez's Blue Dog? Well, that, I mean, it could be a lot bigger than that. The Rugat Rug could be a whole lot. Bigger. That's how that, you know, that's where the blue dog came from. That's where he was trying. That was his, his dog, which was, a, I think she was the same kind of uh, Just dog that Dora sure is. Rugat Rug to check that ID, Barry. Okay. Check the ID if it's a team Rugat Rug. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no. Hey, 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 no, no teams. <laughs> I was like, make sure it's 18 on the team Rugat Rug. Like but the while team. there won't be any te- any teen, it's got to be at least. Please check that ID. 28 is the, is like the limit, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, 24 maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, moving from wolves to something a little more feline for the felines. Oh, what's going to happen to Bob Ray and Curtis? For Leo, we got them. And getting it on with the catawampus. What's a catawampus? Well, the catawampus is the one with the glowing eyes. It's supposed to be like a shape, a uh, shapeshifter between cat and human form, kind of similar to the 
to like the, you know the different cat people movies and stuff. <laughs> Bob Ray's gonna think he's looking in the mirror. Why? Because he's gonna look just like him. The big look like him. The glowing eyes and the big old shines, gnarly teeth. Well, no, they don't be gnarly. Some people <laughs> say the catawampus is like this really oversized leopard, almost. Oh, well, that looks more like Curtis, big kitty. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> With the glowing eyes, yeah. With the goo goo googly eyes. <laughs> well, Virgos, <laughs> y'all getting y'all strip tease from something a little on the shorter side. One of those good old Hopkinsville goblins. The ones that are up in the Appalachian, West Virginia mountains. Yeah. Oh. They're going to come. They, do, they, do they sing country music? They might have a banjo. I don't know. On their knee. I don't know. A banjo I, on their knee. Do they know any Taylor Swift songs? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch out. Might my, my need some deliverance from that. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I went there. I went deliverance. Oh, squeal, piggy, squeal. Squeal, piggy, squeal. You know that piggy squealed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over from that dryer. Heard, from what I heard several times. Over that dryer. <laughs> Was it on the spin? No, that was the, uh, the spin side. Oh, was it, was it the dryer? Extra dry. No, it had dryer sheets in there, though. You know, shout and that kind of stuff. Probably needed it to. When they come, what's the uh, what's the, the the dryer sheets? The the things you put in your dryer? Huh? Bounce. Bounce. To give that extra bounce. Wow, there there was extra bounce going on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo. There you go. I have fun with the little goblins. Virgo. Yes, yes, Virgo. Libra, well, y'all, y'all keeping it kind of local to down here, actually. Y'all are going to have a good old strip tease from the wonderful Honey Island Swamp Monster. Oh, that Honey Island Swamp Monster. Is that, that's, um, <laughs> is that like, a, like a Bigfoot kind of thing? Well, no, 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 no. It's different. It's a little different. It's, uh, oh gosh, how would you describe Where it? exactly it's, is the Honey Island Swamp? I know it's in Louisiana, but exactly. Yeah, Honey Island. Where's Honey Island? Where, where, location, geographically. It's like on the, it's outside of like the New Orleans area. Um, Metro. New, like, how do I describe this exactly? I, I don't know you? why I imagine it'd be somewhere around the Bonnie Carey Spillway or something. Okay. My, my way is scary. I, now, I'm usually pretty good with this. Um, so, yeah, I think it comes off, like, because the tours leave out from um, from the Slidell area. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, so, you're, so your tours leave out from there. Is it okay. in the, um, it's, is, is it in the lake? Is it an island in Lake Punchtrain? Well, it's technically off of I. I mean, technically, it's off of I. Honey Island. It's you really wouldn't understand that it's actually a, an island, but it is an island. You understand how shit yeah. is over there. Yeah, but yeah. it's like off of I ten out there. I, that's what I was like. I said so. Like they'll offer the swamp tours. Like you'll see like 
like tour companies in New Orleans will do like they'll like at the hotels they'll have whatever and they'll they'll drive them out there to the tour. Yeah, they have the shuttle bus comes and gets them. Yeah. I used to drive one of those shuttle buses that took um took the tourists to uh, Homeless House Plantation. You've been to Homeless House Plantation, haven't you? Oh yeah. You did you come with us one time? I don't think I went with y'all some other time I, want we want, we, I have well i've gone a bunch of time but curtis lance and i have gone about three times i think we went with um with william with uh, the the artist formerly known as Arahaz, and with bob ray i believe okay yeah i know we went to um oak alley with both of them yes indeed yes indeed actually i think we went to oak alley that day we came by your house that sunday and then we all went to that restaurant, that seafood restaurant. You remember that? Oh, yeah, the seafood restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Bob had the um the rental. It was after he had bought his Kia Soul, but which is now Curtis's car. But he had bought his Kia Soul, and he ran over something, and it was in the repair shop, and he had the rental, the uh the the big van rental. What was it? Was it a uh, Nissan Pathfinder or something like that. And that's when we came and we saw your house and you yeah. showed us the closet. Where you the, used Fran to... the Francis, that was the name of the restaurant, Francis. Yeah, you used to, the closet where you used to record from. <laughs> the closet. Ooh, I'd like to be locked in a closet with what my sign gets a strip tease from. Who? I'm the ride of the Appalachians and of West Virginia and Ohio and all that. Mothman. Mothman. I've heard Mothman is sex. Mothman, like the moth that, that, like the Silence of the Lambs thing that eats everybody's clothes. Moth. No, 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 no. Moth. You never heard of Mothman up that way in the Appalachians? I heard of Mothman. Yeah. He's supposed to be connected to the. Extra but is he? Is he like supposed to be a moth though? Like the the bug. He's winged. Yeah, he's winged. The moth, like the uh, he's humanoid. The, the, those butterflies were the uglier. He's outfit. supposed to have a really hot body. That's what I hear. So a hot bottom. Body. Oh. Oh no! I think he's clearly a top. But we go go. Tops are usually jerks. I don't think Mothman is bottoming for anybody. At least, not, at least not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next, we got. We'll talk about versatiles or whatever let's move on to sagittarius okay well i guess they're gonna get a good blow job from this one since this one's known as the goat sucker good old el chupacabra oh all right you got the orgasm but you lose your soul exactly Ac according to according to uh many religious people you lose your soul every time you have orgasm anytime anyway no matter oh, who yeah. No. <laughs> unless um, there's a wedding um unless there's a marriage license a, a wet marriage certificate people. you know the religious people are up in arms how the, the, the catholic church is up in arms over the sisters of perpetual indulgence right now oh lord they, yeah they, they, that they, doesn't surprise me i saw that coming because they said they make fun of us is what the catholic church said they make i don't fun know of that some some um, some Catholics I know may have a pretty good job of making fools of themselves. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, any Catholic listeners out there. I don't want to. 
I got accused. You know when I got when I was on the uh, hop on hop off bus, I got accused of hating Catholics by this lady who uh, who actually was a, a nun out of uniform. You know? <laughs> and we did the Joan of Arc statue, and I said that many today believe that Joan of Arc may have been bipolar because she was hearing voices. Come on, you know, right. I wish you would be a little bit nicer to Catholics. I said, lady, I was raised Catholic. Uh, she's ass. And it's a shame. That's, well, that's why you should be nicer. I said, no, that's why I'm not. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Are you trying to show contempt for the Catholicism? I said, actually, I tried to hide it. <laughs> well, I say more power to the sisters of the perpetual indulgence. I say so. Continuing their business, even with all that yes ridiculousness coming from the because they do a lot of good works. More they than do the Catholic a lot Church of great does. Community, yes, and they don't molest altar boys. Well, exactly. Unless they have those fake altar boys, you know, that are actually thirty. Oh, well, they, men. they do have the ones where they have the fake ones that are like usually like twenty-something-year-olds that are yeah. Yeah, and under the the altar boy outfit is open, and there's a a big old they wearing well, actually taking thing. seeing twenty something year olds. I have actually seen where they had an altar boy that was like fifty something years old with one of the. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that that's that that's that's fair like, game. By that time, it's almost <laughs> you. By that time, you you almost wonder why they're not with instead of a g string, they should be wearing the pins. <laughs> Hey, I said 50 something. You're in the 60s, bitch. Okay. 70s. 70s. <laughs> Who? Of course. Huh? I said 50s on when I was talking about a fifth altar boy in the 50s. Well, so well you know somebody that's in the 50s that wears the pens. True. <laughs> but it's <laughs> usually people in their 70s. Well, Jennifer should have worn them and she was in her. She was only 60. She was she should I am not shaming nothing because I have my own problems. So she I'm not shaming nothing. Oh, I'm not shaming. I'm just speaking honestly. Talking about no shame. Let's talk about Capricorn. Capricorn. Oh, yeah. That's oh, no he's shame. gonna love this one. Lance. Yeah, Lance is Capricorn. He's gonna love it. He is getting mm. to have a full-on shaking booty from the Yeti. The Yeti. The abominable snowman. Oh, oh god, yeah. Yeah. Fat and hairy. Fat and hairy. He'll love Fat it. Fat and hairy. He'll love good every time. minute of it. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Put up put a whole new meaning to the to the international Mr. Leather. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh next we got moving away from say oversized to more emaciated. Aquarius gets to basically uh, have a strip down from the Wendigo. The Wendigo. Yeah. Do you remember the movie The Antlers? Now the Wendigo and all. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Is actually quite a bit of First Nations communities. Actually, especially in the northern part. Yeah. North America is very much uh, in in the myth, but yeah, if you remember the movie The Antlers, The Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah. Little creepy. Yes. And last but not least, getting really wet and wild, even more wet and wild than the Aries, but it's the Pisces. They getting wet and wild with their strip tease from good old Nessie, the Loch Ness monster. 
<laughs> oh, I knew the likeness monster was going to come in somewhere. I'm surprised you didn't get King Kong somewhere. Eh. Eh. Oh. A silverback, that's all. <laughs> oh, of course, a Pisces is going to get the likeness monster because it's, it's, it's nautical. Not just that. Well, actually, not always do I do that, but it's because of the astrology right now. That's why. Ah, that's why. You know, I check everything. But yeah, yes. it does have to do. Yes, you do your research well. <laughs> yes. So, so anyway, folks, uh, creepsters and all those who love us, um, we are going to take a short break. This is where this is where we get up and go to the bathroom, maybe grab and a the snack. crib kids out there too. Don't forget the crib kids that might be listening. Oh, okay, we won't forget them either. Um, anyway, we're gonna take a short rate break, probably hit the restroom, uh, go run for a snack, or go run for run grab a snack, or run grab a uh, a drink. And you guys do that too, even though you really don't get much of a break. We come right back, but you can pause right now and do all that. And we will be back with part two of the Chippendale murders. And we got a lot of ground to cover on this and it gets really good this time. All right. We'll see you in a few. Ready? Okay. Creepsters. We are back. Uh, and that's a uh, part two of the Chippendale murders. Now, where did we leave off last last week, Philip? Was it well, uh, where he switched out the guy? Like the, yeah, uh, one guy. Uh, uh, yeah, the Do Dorothy Stratton's husband, and then the murder suicide happened. He wound up um, firing Paul Snyder because Paul Snyder was just a cre creepy little hustler boy. And then Paul Snyder went nuts, and he was being. <laughs> this is the third episode we're talking about this. He was he was uh you know he was being shunned by Playboy and everybody, and he goes and has Dorothy come over and kills her. So that's the first scandal with the Chippendales. But there will be many, 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 many more. Okay, so uh, after um uh after this is over, you know, after Paul Snyder leaves, uh Steve Banishy hires a man by the name of Nick Denoya. We talked about him last week, but I'm going to cover. I'm going to go. I'm just going to skim over who he is. He was a uh, he was a television producer. He actually had an Emmy Award winning uh, children's show, and he was married to actress Jennifer O'Neill, who made a big splash in the 1971 movie The Summer 42, where she played a 22 year old woman who. This 15-year-old boy is in awe of. And um it's uh it, it, she was really, you know, this is this beautiful woman. And I'm surprised she didn't go further than she actually did. But anyway, um uh what's his name? Uh Denoya was pretty much a he was very, very flamboyant. Um, I'm not but flamboyant, I don't mean effeminine, even though he was gay. He was closetly gay. But he was very uh outspoken, big personality. And Steve Banashi was shy and remote. He was from India, you know, in India, they 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 kind of I, I noticed that a lot of the Indian people are very low-key. You know, well, 
more i guess well not re- i wouldn't say that exactly they're they're, they're they they have they have like 1. something billion people there's a variety well what's so funny is is that like raj on the big bang theory and you know how he can't talk to women unless he's drunk they're not most the, the indian culture doesn't lend itself to big big bigness um, except for maybe some of the Bollywood movies. <laughs> I think part of the issue, like we're getting, like we're doing, is when they're when when we're talking about people Indians in India, that's one thing. What are you talking about? Basically, back in the eighties, Indians in America, it was like about getting the job done, getting the money made, getting what they had to get yeah, done. Yeah, they're not they're not about fame. They're more about about they're more practical. That's why I should. That's well, the word well, I should here use. here it was about. The, yeah, the practicality because over there it's a different story. Over there, you get but like when you're here and you're an immigrant here, you've got to make money, you've got to do what you got to do, you got to yeah, keep on, you know, and that some of that still holds true to today, you know. Yeah, 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 and then you know a lot of the European cultures and Asian cultures when they come here, you know, like the Italians when they came here, like. Everybody, even people who don't live in the New Orleans area know about Rocky and Carlos. And they were the Italian immigrants that ran that. And they had this this, this just work ethic where everything was work, work, work. That's why their restaurant was open from 6 a.m. to like 1 a.m. seven days a week. And now today with this generation, it opens up like 11 a.m. and closes at 8 p.m. And it's closed on Sundays and Mondays. Yeah, so that's the difference between the generations. But you know, the old old old, old country, old uh ethics, work ethics and and business is a lot different than once it seems like once someone gets a they get Americanized, they become less I hate to say more lazy, but they become less uh business. You know what I'm trying to talk. You know what I'm trying to say. They get less focused on making their way professionally. Yeah, because they've already kind of made their way, you know. But 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 like my generation, you know. But anyway, so um, Banerjee hires uh, Nick Dodoya, and Nick Dodoya starts bringing the Chippendales to a level that he had never seen before. For one thing, um, that Banerjee wanted to do, and this was the crown jewel, he wanted to bring the Chippendales to New York. Well, Denoya was a New Yorker. He had connections there. He had people, you know, he had people that, that he knew there. He knew that um, that Nick would be able to make this club work. So one night they're in a uh, a diner, and Nick wants a piece of the action. He doesn't want to do this just for a little salary. He wants a piece of the of the Chippendales. So Steve Banachi writes on a napkin in the diner that he makes like a contract and signs it saying that if Nick Denoya makes a success of the New York location, he gets half of the touring rights. If they should the Chippendales go on the road and in the direction they were going, they were going to go on the road. So uh, he gives um he gives them the tour rights, the rights to use the name. Only Steve Banerjee gets half of the profits. Not a real good contract for Steve, was it? 
So Nick starts upgrading the show. He does more lighting. He does choreography. And he was a really, really tough boss. He had a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the dancers and some of the, the people that were working for him. They couldn't stand him because he was just he was he was diva. <laughs> and Nick starts to hit in the talk show circuits. He, you know, he's on Phil Donahue. He's on Sally Jesse Raphael. He's on Oprah. All these different talk shows that were in those 80s, those were big. Oh, yeah. Uh, Geraldo, um, Geraldo Rivera, the big ones were Geraldo Rivera. Well, Oprah was the queen. But before yeah. Oprah, Phil Donahue was the king. Phil Donahue kind of started that genre. And then... Um, you had Oprah, you had Sally Jesse Raphael, you had you wound up with Ricky Lake, Jenny Jones, all those different types of talk I shows. All those shows, yeah. All those shows, and they were really big. And the Chippendale and Joan Rivers, too. Joan Rivers had her daytime talk show. She had the Chippendales. Yeah. And Nick begins becomes known as Mr. Chippendale. And he starts claiming that he's the founder. Oh. So like this doesn't sit right with Mr. Banerjee. Mr. Banerjee doesn't like this. And he's trying to um, assert himself. But uh, Nick isn't, you know, he, he's his ego is so out of control. And their relationship starts getting more and more and more toxic. And then Banerjee tried, at one point, Banerjee tried to go on the talk shows and he didn't have the success because Denoya was everything Banishy wasn't. He had a personality. He had a sense of humor. He knew how to he he knew how to work a, a, an audience. He knew how to work a, the the talk show circuits. And Banishy was shy and kind of reserved and kind of an introvert. So um, the relationship starts getting worse and worse and worse. And they can't, and, and they're getting along even worse. And Steve would show up in New York, and and Nick would hide from him. I don't even remember that from the uh, miniseries, huh? Uh, and uh, and, and it, it, they it, they start acting like, like you know, it, it, their relationship starts looking like uh, in the green room at RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> they it get that. They get that. Uh, they get that competitive, but Steve. Banerjee still is the owner, still is the founder, and still has final power. And guess what he does? He fires Nick. Mm -hmm. Nick doesn't want to take this line now. So uh, Steve wants up hiring a man named Steve Merritt in 1987. And he just kind of hopes that Nick, that, that, that Nick Dodoy is going to just kind of go away. You know, you figure when you fire somebody, they go away. They may go on. Yeah. And they, <laughs> or you might, or he might go on and and discover something else. Something else comes along. He uh, he gets a new obsession. It's the same thing with a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You break up with them, and you kind of figure, okay, they're going to just uh, they'll meet somebody else. But you know, they'll get it out of the system. And sometimes they don't. And sometimes they stalk. And sometimes they get pissed. And they they really they really they really try to get you. Well, guess what Nick does. Hmm. He assert he finds that little contract on that napkin, and he starts a show that goes on the road called the original Chippendales. 
<sighs> and takes it to all the TV talk shows. And everybody seems to think this was Nick's idea, even though it wasn't. But everybody thinks so, and he's got everybody convinced. So Steve tries to go on talk shows. He just don't quite make it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so meanwhile, in, um, in L.A., Steve starts having his door people racially profile. Like, he'll ask... He'll, he'll make black people or uh, or people, you know, any kind of person of color. Or he makes them, he asks them for a passport. Which is his right. He can ask for any kind of form of ID he wants. But he don't do it for white folks. He just does it for, because he's yeah. trying to, ah. Well, <laughs> one man decides he's not going to take the shit. And he goes and reports him for discrimination. The city of LA takes away Steve Banerjee's liquor license. He still has the club in New York. His LA club is gone. Yep. Steve, uh, Nick, has the road shows. Yeah, and the road shows can make money. Well, he's making a fortune from these road shows, but he's only making half the money he could have been making if he hadn't assigned that fucking napkin. <laughs> so, um, of course, Banerjee, his whole thing is that he he says he he believes that that Nick scammed him. That um, so uh, Nick starts a new show with what he calls the Perfect Man. And it's this big old choreography and the Perfect Man. You know, they have all these different things. He's taken an almost almost a Broadway level. Oh yeah. Um, but Michael Rapp becomes the star of the Perfect Man, and Michael Rapp. Uh, He's married. His wife is Nancy, and he has he has he has children, but the marriage suffers, and he starts to do cocaine, and he doesn't come home, and he starts spending all that money, and they wind up going broke, and Nancy finally divorces him, and uh, he was on the documentary. I don't know if you saw it. So anyway, another thing was the calendar. Uh, Nick, uh, uh, Steve Banerjee starts the calendar in um, in 1981, and it starts a merchandise and explosion. Oh yeah! So he still has the calendar rights, and he fucks something up on the calendars. He puts the wrong year, so they have these calendars. It's actually it's 1987, but they have calendars. I think it was like 1985 or something like that. Do you remember exactly what it was? Something like that. Yeah. So all this money. So Steve starts getting into cocaine too. Steve Banerjee, he starts getting into cocaine. So finally, he just, he can't deal. Nick actually has an office at Chippendales Universal. The office is in New York because he's part owner of the tour. So he he gets his own office. And one day somebody walks into there and shoots Nick Denoya dead. Now, in the meantime, also, these clubs around town start copying the Chippendales. They start having, uh, get, you know, the gay bars and other clubs start having um, male strippers. And uh, these clubs start getting torched. Nobody knows who's doing this. Mm. You have any idea who's doing this? Yeah. 
<laughs> I think I know who's doing it. Mm-hmm. So, and they also, and also the Chippendale still getting a, um, a backlash from uh, 80s evangelical Christians. Because you remember oh, that was a big explosion. The satanic panic, and they started the satanic panic, and they started the the uh, the, the, the anti pornography thing, which we're going to get more into uh, in next week's episode, the, the Linda Lovelace episode. You know, and uh, and so they 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 uh, you know, Steve's problems are just mountain and mountain, and it was <laughs> April seventh, nineteen eighty seven, when um. When uh, Nick is shot dead, but when he's shot dead, everything reverts to Steve, the whole operation. But he's, um, but he, it's, he's starting to really get, he's getting, uh, he's spending more money than he's making, you know, he's making millions. He's spending it. He's doing Coke like crazy. He's partying like a rock star. And, uh, and then he gets enraged by the, by the call of copycats that are showing up. So anyway, um, Reed Scott is one of the dancers. Um, uh, so another after this is a few years after Steve's murder, they never found out you know who was involved with it. And um, another strip club made by some ex Chippendales people called Adonis pops up in Europe and England. And uh, one of the dancers who was a Chippendales, Reed Scott, got um, hired by Adonis as, you know, he, you know, he, he said, you know, he was a dancer, but he was getting older. He was, he was like approaching 40 and he wanted to do something else. So Adonis hired him as a, uh, as a manager and a choreographer. Oh yeah. So one night, and he's the MC too, so in uh, in London one night he they 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 doing a show, and the uh, the police come in these FBI agents come into this show in London, and they get on the stage with Reed and they tell him come with us we have to talk to you. And he goes to this office and they say, someone put a hit out on you. Somebody wants to kill you. Mm. So they, they they don't know who put the hit out. But what happened is, okay, Steve's getting crazier and crazier and crazier all along. And he's really pissed about what Reed did. You know, anybody, Steve thought that, uh, Banerjee thought that anybody that tried to go out on their own, that tried to better themselves, that tried to do something else, he took it personally. Sure. Like they were doing it to him. So, um Steve had a friend named Ray, Ray Cologne, and uh, he uh, he tells uh, uh, what happens is his Banerjee tells Ray to find somebody to kill Reed and and a couple of one of the other dancers that also left him, and uh, Ray uh, he he doesn't want to do this, but uh, but he agrees, so he gets his friend. Who they called Strawberry in the he didn't they never gave him his real name and said Strawberry to agree to um to go to England and kill these people. Well, Strawberry agrees, but he, he doesn't want to do it. 
So what he does is in, in, at the airport in England, he gets right back on a uh, plane. He goes to Las Vegas mm-hmm. and talks to the FBI. The FBI used strawberry as a sting. So they, they wire him up. And they have him talking to, um, and he says that uh, he couldn't, um, he said he went to, to London, but he got wind that the FBI were there, so he came back. So Steve and Ray Cologne, and they don't know that Strawberry's wired. And they admit to everything, torturing the clubs, killing Nick Denoya, and putting the contract out on, on Reed Scott. Mm-hmm. So finally, Steve is arrested and he goes to trial. And he received, he, he pawns a plea, taking a plea bargain, and he gets 26 years. And this is in 1994. That's how long this is going on. He gets 26 years in prison. But on October, uh, he's in prison, and on October 23, 1994, he hangs himself in prison. Oh. Uh, Chippendales today still runs. Oh, yeah. It's it, it's big in Las Vegas, I believe, is where they Oh, yeah, the show it. But they still go on the road. I think and, it was at the Rio. It was at the Rio. Um let me let me check. I'll, I'll let you know right now. Keep talking. I'll let you know. And and his wife Irene inherited it all of it, but she herself died. When did she die? Let me see. I didn't even put that in my notes. I should have. Um. She when she dies, their their, their son, I believe it is, gets. Uh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Oh, that's right. She sells it um, for two point five million, and uh, and then she died. Uh, when did she die? Uh, Steve Down and she died in in on October twentieth. She died in. Yep, the Rio. It's in the Rio Casino. It's in the Rio Casino. Uh, casino. Uh, yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah, I, I, I figured. I, I thought my memory was pretty good. I never actually all the times I went to Vegas, I never went and saw the Chip and Bales. However, I have seen the Thunder. Oh, yeah. Huh? The Thunder yes, Down yeah. Under is Thunder Down Under is like equally as big, if not bigger, in some levels. Yeah, she wanted to get rid of it. That's I see it here now. So she sold it for 2.3 million. And she died from breast cancer February 8th, 2001. Yeah. But it's I, I'm, I'm not sure who it's owned by today. Uh, uh, we can see. We can probably find out. Yeah, the Rio All Suite Hotel. Yeah, and, Rio, uh, yeah. They they had. Oh yeah. They perform in twenty five cities in the U.S. and twenty three cities in Central and South America, sixty European cities, four Asian countries, and eight South African cities. And okay, so with Perlman's death, Chippendales has been repurchased by. Kevin Denberg and other New York investors. This was November twenty third. Oh, oh, okay. So that's who that's who owns it now. So let's talk about about this a little bit. This is a, the, what what did we get from this? 
what um these uh is this like a dark side of capitalism or something a dark side of fame i mean we had already talked in the last episode about um we do we talked about how this came about the idea that the the, the female empowerment of sex and all allowed but how did it go how did it go so wrong how did it become such a clusterfuck? Ego. Ego. I mean, all of them. Pretty much. Even as, as shy and reserved as Steve Banerjee was, his ego took over. And his ego destroyed him. Yeah. And the same thing with Dick, Nick Denoyer. His ego destroyed him. If they would have worked together like they had originally intended, I don't think there would have been I think more. I don't think there would be people who wouldn't be dead now. <laughs> I think the sad point is, is that, in all honesty, the most successful shows, and that's probably why the show does better now, is you have owners that aren't there at the forefront, which is probably a good thing. You need to in those shows. You need to be hold back, just keep your money flowing, and allow the allow your performers to be what sells you. Yeah, because you know they're the ones that are the um, the backbone of it. You know, people come to see them. They're not coming to see Steve Banerjee. They're not coming to see Nick Denoya. But he does. He was a good presence on television. He was good with the PR. Now between him, Steve had the money and the business sense, and Nick had the PR. If they would not have allowed their egos to take over everything, to, to, to take over themselves. They would have been much more successful than they were. And the thing was successful despite them. Not because of them, but despite them. See, now they fight. They have competition now, though. Yeah, well, they, but they didn't then. They had no competition. No, they had no competition. And they were the only game. game. Now the competition comes from probably, I would say, their biggest competition, if it hasn't actually superseded them sometimes, is Thunder Down Under. Yeah. And it's because, in all honesty, American women will admit it to you. They prefer the, they like these men that are naked and children and all that, but they also like putting on top of it an Aussie accent. Oh, oh the British accent or whatever. But the Aussie oh, no. accent, actually, Aussie. an Aussie accent's more sexy than British accent. The women, they really, really. British really accent's like. kind of fake, but Aussie <laughs> accent is like, you know, Crocodile Dundee. You know? well, Crocodile <laughs> Dundee. And then more recently, you look at the Hemsworth brothers and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that'll basically that'll put that'll put any woman into like. Ooh, like you, remember, you remember Six Feet Under? <laughs> you remember the TV show Six Feet Under? Yeah. And you remember Rachel Griffin's character had this Aussie friend that that would run around naked, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like a honky guy, you know. But now it's got even more complicated because there's even more different things in competition because there's been the idea of traditional stripping has been given way to the resurgence of burlesque actually so people want a little more of a show yeah burlesque is um well that's what the, that's well that's what, what, what nadoya was giving them he was giving them a, bur, a burlesque type of, but, type of yeah. thing he and wasn't it was, you know Anybody could take take a guy in the G string and dance him on the bar, 
And what you're going to get is a bunch of dirty old men. But then those boys at the corner pocket make $500 a night because of those dirty old men. Well, yeah. But but, but it's gotten to the point, like, actually, what I found the most intriguing is, like, in Vegas, really, though, it's gotten to the point where, especially with these younger crowds, they really want to be thoroughly entertained. So you see things, a lot of these um, now circuses that are like these, like, half-nude or strip circuses kind of thing and burlesque circuses and all mm-hmm. even to the level of Cirque du Soleil doing Zumanity which was like oh my god that was hot that was like one of my th- it was like literally everything you enjoy about like New, or- New Orleans like burlesque shows mm-hmm. but with circus acts yeah <laughs> Like, well, you yeah. know, even even big stars have topless dancers in Vegas in their shows. Like Suzanne Summers, she had all these women with their titties out. Our right. titties weren't out, but theirs were. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the times have changed to the point where it's like, yeah, there's always going to be a place for Chippendales and Chippendales like things like Thunder Down Under. But there's a lot more competition now, too. Yeah. But anyway, it, it was it was an idea that uh, it was something definitely a product of its time. Oh, yeah. Because it's done now. Back then, you know, it was yeah. something it was new. It was like, you know. Like a podcast, like we're a product of our time right now, you know, and um, it's um, it, it really that's why it was successful, despite the doofuses that were running it, you know. They were good at their jobs, but every, you know, you ever heard that that saying about too, uh, too many chiefs and not enough, or too many cooks in the kitchen or something like that? Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, too many right. cooks in the chi- It was one of them. I guess it's kind of racist now about all chiefs and no Indians. Yeah. Or oh, it is. It but is. I mean, I remember that, that would probably be considered a bit, bit of a no-no politically incorrect thing to say which i'm not i i mean i don't call town to the woke crowd but but that was i i mean mean, sometimes it's like okay that's too rugged you can't really say that now because i mean i don't even know why we even called they should have been a different name anyway than indians because indians are from india you know But I'm guessing, yeah, you're right. It really goes back to the ego, though, like of uh, when you boil it down, everyone wanted to say they were the one who originally came. Well, Denoya was going on Oprah and Joan Rivers and and Phil Donahue, and he was saying he was Mr. Chippendale and he was the founder of the Chippendales. He was actually saying this on TV, on Mm. national television. So the country thought he founded it. They they didn't even mention Banerjee at all. I mean, I didn't even know about Banishy until recently when I started, um, actually, when I first saw the miniseries and now start doing the research for this case, I didn't um, I didn't really know who Steve Banishy was, but I knew who Nick Denoyer was. I remember seeing him on TV. I remember that he got murdered. Yeah. But like I say, they really, really wouldn't had where they got if it wasn't for, they have to really look at sort of all the things that proceeded that allowed this to be successful. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, it, you know, nobody, uh, people underestimated, men have been underestimating women's sex drive for centuries. They think that all women want to do is do their wifely duty and have 
children. That's what they thought. That was that was what really conventional wisdom up until what? Like the 80s, the 70s, 80s. Yeah. Even later than that, really. And still to this day, there are there are people who think that and they don't think that women get horny. But go back and look and you'll find some of the movies that were sometimes the most successful that had the most women going to watch them sometimes were with men just having a shirt off, certain male actors. And that just goes to show you there was a need there going back like decades. You know, in the the 40s and, you know, like the 30s and 40s, that's uh, that was the, the, the heyday of the woman's picture. The woman's picture was always a love story or a, 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 you know, and, you know, usually starred Betty Davis, Joan Crawford, or Barbara Stanwyck. And it was always the woman told from the woman's point of view. And could, because women were the target audience for movies. Yeah. And, and, and they made more of those. And then men were the target audience for Westerns and war films. But the woman's picture was, was really big. And as women got more liberated, they became more old fashioned because they were all about romance and finding a husband and all that type of thing, you know, but still in all women have sexual feelings. Yeah. And men never thought, you know, women get horny. Maybe women want to look at dicks in magazines. You know, (laughs) I, when I worked at one of the porn stores, the one on Chef Highway where I worked, we sold a lot of DVDs there. They, we sold them at Romeo and Juliet's too, but we sold more DVDs at that one because that was before Pornhub and all that other stuff. And I remember one woman used to come in all the time and all she would buy was male-on-male porn, also known as gay porn. And mm-hmm. I asked her, I said, why do you buy gay porn? She says, when I watch porn, I don't want to see any pussy. <laughs> There's I'm not interested in pussies. So gay porn has two dicks or more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, women, there are a lot of women that have the fantasy of pegging me, too. Well, you know, heterosexuals of both sexes like to watch the opposite sex in the same sex situation. Because how mm-hmm. long have there been have, have been, there been lesbian scenes in straight porn? Oh, gosh, forever. I mean, yeah. But you never really saw male-on-male scenes unless it was supposed to be a bisexual movie. But, you know, it, but women, if men want to see two women, why wouldn't women want to see two men? Exactly. Remember on one of those, uh, the, the reality show with Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. <laughs> like to watch, they used to like to make the men make out. Oh, yeah. They would go to the bar and they'd make the, 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 they would, the, the guys would be so hot from they would kiss each other just to satisfy him. Oh, you know, yeah. I did, I did a catfish troll thing back in the AOL days. And I went on AOL aim as Mad Maggie. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you did. Yes, I did. And I would get these men to agree to suck dick. And I used like, a, a fuzzy picture of Kim Cattrall is what I looked like. <laughs> and they didn't get it. <laughs> they didn't get it. 
I guess they didn't watch Sex in the City, but she was hot. No, they didn't. And but she was a hot, the hot woman on Sex in the City. Oh, I know. Nick would have gone right over. So they didn't watch Sex in the City, but they just saw a hot woman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really. Yes, I did. I can't believe I did that. I'm not proud of it. I think she would find it funny that you used her picture. Yeah. Oh, she. Oh, she's gonna be kicked out of it because she, she's kind of cool. I think you know. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, you know this. Uh, when the next week we're gonna be we're gonna do showing the real dark side of the adult film industry, and we're gonna be covering the life of Deep Throat star Linda Lovelace. Mm-hmm. And this is um, I don't know. I I, I kind of toyed with making this a two parter also, but I think we can do it all in one episode. You know, we we can go through it. It's not, it's not really as much. And uh, and then the we're really going to really get to delve into the into the porn film industry on that one. And the week after, um, what we're going to do is we're going to cover the uh, the sex club case in in Texas, in Medosa, Texas. And uh, that's uh, I got I watched that new uh, Max three part documentary about this Philip you got to watch this watch it you got to watch it I I, I couldn't I couldn't get put, tear myself away from it I watched all three uh, episodes the, in one city so people can know what's the name of the documentary again. yeah the documentary is called and I'm gonna pull it up on my Roku which is sitting right in front of me because that's probably the easiest way to do it that way the people know so they can watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them will watch it, and then we're going to talk about it. I don't know if we should do it as a maybe also do the doc, review the documentary to also, you know? Where are we? Okay, it's called. Now, where the hell is it? I just... <laughs> I, I don't know. Thought, it. I'll find it. I'm, I'm going to find it. I think it's called How to Start a Sex Scandal. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Let's see. Yeah, that, 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 that. You hear the little bloopy thing on. <laughs> oh, on the Roku, yes. On the Roku, that little noise. Oh, I'm getting everything but on here. <laughs> how to bake it in America. Oh, how to create a sex scandal on the newly, the new Max app, the newly christened Max app, which is taken over for HBO Max. And I've, they, you know, uh, Discovery Plus is still going to be available standalone, but I, I, I went ahead and canceled it because I don't need it now if I got Max. I'm going to really like this app. They have a lot of good stuff on it. So 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 you're telling me HBO Max got a got a re, rejuvenation reboot. It got a re, it got a little reboot. Got a little yeah. They, they it, stepped they pussy up. Yep, they they did an like upgrade. They failed, like they, they say, upgrade. So it's called How to Create a Sex Scandal, and what's it what it's about? It's um, it's this little town in in uh, Texas where they, a sex club popped up, but they did it went out of business right right away. Um. A swingers club, and this one woman is like this serial. <laughs> what do you call her? A serial uh, uh, foster parent, 
and she's got all these foster kids and they thinking about buying the building as a you know a place for to take care of the kids and one of the kids she claims says oh i've been here before my parents made me do stuff in here Mm -hmm. so anyway uh we get into more of it and it's a lot of uh lot of um hmm, covers a lot of different stuff that's really hmm, and it also makes you very angry at the end i mean tell you that it's not it's, satisfying but maybe if we talk about it we will get it, it, it will get the results it should so anyway you could follow us on twitter at a shutters uh, Instagram is at Open Shutters Podcast. Our Facebook page is the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. And I'm working on like a page, an actual page for the podcast, not just a group, you know, because what we got is a group. And then we also have um, our email, which is open shutters at yahoo.com. And um, we're going to probably have John Palmer on again. I think I mentioned in the first half. At some point after we find out what, what kind of things are happening with that case. So, Philip, we hope Bob Ray comes back. Bob, we want you back. We hope you're back for next week. But if you're not, we can handle it because we handled it tonight. So until ne- next time, enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. I guess Steve Banerjee can fall out the window, can he? Yeah. Or at least the Chippendales dancer can let their dick fall out the window so everybody can see. Well, I know they fall out their little G-string. Uh, yeah. Now, you know, Steve <laughs> Banachi really needs to fall out the window because oh yeah, even though Nick Denoyer was an asshole, he still didn't deserve to be murdered. Didn't deserve to die. And that other man that just was trying to better himself and get a better job did not deserve to have a hitman coming after him. Yeah. So Steve Banachi, you're a piece of shit. Go fuck yourself and fall out the window. All righty. Until next week. Goodbye, everybody. Uh-